You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Also, recent Fortnite Battle Royale winner. If you checked my Twitter yesterday, that was fun. Um, we're going to try and do something kind of weird and fun with that, hopefully in the next week or so. And my girlfriend's out of town this Thursday night, so I get to stay up late and play video games all night. So maybe we'll do a Fortnite live stream, play with some fans and Pelicans listeners that want to jump on there and talk hoops all night long. That might be kind of fun, actually. And I know T-Bob Bear, my good friend, said he might want to try and jump in there as well. So we'll just kind of do this one big get-together. Anyway, that's for maybe on Thursday. We'll see. Uh, today on Locked on Pelicans, got a bit of a slow day here. As I'm recording this, it's right before I record Locked on NBA, so I'm trying to multitask and not stay up till like 3 a.m. Uh, since I have a day job to go to as well. So I'm going to kind of recap what's going on around the Western Conference in the third segment. In the second segment, we'll preview the Memphis Grizzlies game upcoming tonight since it is a game day in the Smoothie King Center. It's weird to say that a Grizzlies game this late in the season against a tanking team is a must-win, but the Pelicans aren't getting a whole lot of help in the Western Conference playoff race. They do control their own destiny, so win while you can and just worry about that. Don't worry about other teams scoreboard watching. That's never fun this late in the year. So I'll preview that game for you all. And then in this first segment, just going to take some questions that I've got on Twitter, kind of give you an overview of a couple different things. So let's just dive right into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So oddly enough, when I opened this up to questions on Twitter, one of the things I immediately got, and I'm not quite sure why, but I get it to an extent, is what should the Pelicans do this offseason, which again, we're, we're still five games out from this team maybe making the playoffs. So that kind of caught me off guard. Though, I get it, fans kind of love to know what the missing piece is, what this could get this team over the hump, and maybe make them a true playoff title contender, what have you. Unfortunately, there's not a, a clean answer with that, but we can talk a little bit about the offseason since you guys really want to hear this. And I don't think getting into the playoffs or not getting into the playoffs really changes it all that much. I think if this team fails to get into the postseason, you're going to see changes coming to the front office and maybe and to maybe the front office and almost definitely the coaching staff. And I've told you guys, I, as far as I'm aware, and this isn't the necessarily most accurate information, is Gentry's contract guarantees uh, should the team make the playoff? Simple as that. If they don't, I think he's out of contract and you can kind of just let him walk. And I think that's what the Pelicans would do. I'm not sure what Dell Demp's contract situation is. Maybe it's going to be similar or maybe they'll just fire him after that. But you'd go from being in the fourth seed in the Western Conference to out in about a 10-15 game span, a two to three week span. That's not a good look and you do need to have some accountability somewhere. So I think you'd see coaching changes maybe get made. I don't think you're going to see much change to the roster. No matter what, you have to figure they're going to bring back DeMarcus Cousins to make Anthony Davis happy. It's his best friend. And I've talked so much on the radio and on podcasts this tw past 24 hours. I don't know if I said it on here or not yesterday. But look, 
you don't get rid of Anthony Davis's best friend. This is a guy they want to have here who's been a good influence on the team, so you just kind of leave it at that. You're going to resign him no matter who it is. And if you bring in a new GM, you think their first move is going to be to ship out the guy Anthony Davis likes the best? You think Davis is going to have trust and faith in that organization and that guy if that's the case? Not a damn chance. So expect him to be back no matter what. After that, you're left with kind of minuscule options to really improve this team, barring trading Miritich or someone like Etwan Moore for, you know, with a, a future first rounder to bring in a difference maker. And who knows if those guys are going to be available at this point. Miritich would be an expiring contract. There's some value in that. I think they could maybe bring it in that way too. So I think that could happen. I think um, Moore is going to be an expiring as well. So you have these guys that are movable. They're decent players into the right team. It could matter if you're just trying to retool on the fly, say like a Pistons team is or something like that. But no matter what, they're going to be looking to upgrade wing depth. It's simple. You know, you've got Solomon Hill out there. He's looking not horrible right now, actually kind of good for this team. The scoring's not there, but the defense and the effort he gives and unlocking this defense and allowing them to switch and get back to what they did last season is definitely an important thing. And as we've seen his minutes go up fairly regularly, again, it was going to be like Chris Middleton, and you're seeing him kind of get near, near a full workload, hopefully by the end of the season and should this team make the playoffs. That'll be a very good thing to have, but you want some more wing depth there. We've seen Darius Miller not look good these past couple of games, and really as the season's gone on, he had that hot shooting to start with, but if he doesn't give you that and he's not hitting three or four threes a game, he's really not helping the team. He's not great on defense. He has the size and the tools certainly to do it, but not that lateral quickness to let him keep up with guys on the perimeter, and he gets blown by, and it forces bad rotations from the team. So I think you look to really kind of shore up the wing position, whether it's one or two guys there, to, to really help you. Solomon Hill might be your starter, but you need someone else that can be an offensive threat there that can play a little bit of defense now these guys are not easily attainable they're not exactly out there in the league so that's kind of a big problem or they're out there in the league they're just not readily available and just kind of swarming all over the place they're fairly scarce and so that's kind of been the issue with the pelicans never really being able to fill a wing since what Peja was good for them back in 07 08 somewhere around there so that's been a big problem that's what they're going to look to try and do i think they like the guard rotation there with drew holiday i think you look to bring back rajon rondo i don't think his market's going to be very big. Ian Clark's going to be an interesting one. I think they like him as a bench scorer, leading that unit as a spot starter here and there. I'd like to see him back. He's shown a lot of scoring touch recently other than just three-point shooting. I think that's valuable. He might go somewhere else, though. He's on a one-year deal, and he's certainly earning himself some more money, maybe. But again, it's going to be tight this offseason. There's not going to be a lot of suitors for these big-money guys. So he could be left until the very end where the Pelicans snap him up again on a one-year deal. Other than that, you're looking at different mid-level exceptions depending on where they stand. Likely going to be an over-the-cap team uh, at that point. So you're dealing with the taxpayer mid-level exception. You're looking – I forget. I don't have it in front of me. We'll find this out and get this more hammered out as we get to the offseason and free agency. We don't need it right now. I think, what, like $5.5 million, $6.5 something like that is what you're really going to be having able to spend on different guys. So not a ton of money there. You're going to see mostly the same team. It's kind of as simple as that with a few different things added. I think this team will definitely try and make a big trade, see if you can bring someone in. I don't think they're necessarily going to be able to do that. You haven't really seen it other than DeMarcus Cousins, and no one's given away players for that cheap. The Pels don't really have young guys.
guys that are that appealing. I think you'll definitely see, you know, Chuck Diallo in the rotation. But this team's going to pitch it to fans as DeMarcus Cousins was their big free agent thing. You're going to say, well, he was out for so long that when we get him back and playing, it's like we added a big free agent. We didn't need to do anything. So they're going to sell it. They're just not really able to because of their cap situation and the fact that, you know, those top players are usually going to go to different teams. And that's okay because this team looked very good and did look almost like world beaters when they had DeMarcus Cousins healthy. So to be honest, for them to make a a decent playoff run, and I'm not talking title contention, and they're not going to be in title contention next year anyway, no matter what they did. uh, I think you have to feel pretty good about their chances to get out of the first round of the playoffs. And then you kind of figure it out where you have a lot of money coming off the books the season after with Ajinsa and others. And that's maybe where you can really try and make a move and position yourself for a title run two seasons down the line from now. So before I preview the game tonight here in the Smoothie King Center against Memphis, don't forget there's a number of other games going on around the league that might have implications on the Pelicans and the standings in the Western Conference playoff. And good news is I host every Wednesday on Locked On NBA, and we preview all of that action, give you all the implications. So make sure you listen and subscribe, at least on Wednesdays, but do it Monday through Friday to the Locked On NBA podcast. So it is game day here in the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans take on the Memphis Grizzlies in a must-win game with only five games left to go and heavy playoff implications should they lose. There's not much when you look at these two teams that you're like, well, the Pelicans have a disadvantage. And Memphis is has the second-worst record in the league with just 21 wins. They're 21 and... 56 on the season they're looking to tank and maybe have a better shot at that number one overall pick though I think they're going to be happy with whatever high pick they land in but certainly they don't want to do anything that jeopardizes their standings here because there's two teams right behind them Atlanta and Orlando who have 22 wins so a loss or a win here kind of puts them in a three-way tie for that second worst record you'd rather just have that yourself and all the extra ping pong balls that come with it Memphis is also pretty banged up really you know you still have Conley out, Marshawn Brooks is going to be out, Tyreek Evans is away with a personal issue and isn't likely to be there, Jermichael Green's not going to be there, Andrew Harrison's not going to be playing, neither will Chandler Parsons. So they're dinged up and playing a lot of G League, D League guys here. But that doesn't mean this is going to be a walk in the park for the Pelicans, and you've got to look back at this game against Oklahoma City as to why. The Pelicans committed a lot a lot of turnovers, and they were kind of of the unforced error variety. This was a team that just threw the ball away, that lost a couple of inbounds passes, seeding possession right back to Oklahoma City, and that's how you let teams just hang around. This Memphis team has gotten two surprise wins over the past month. They've beaten the Timberwolves, they've beaten the Nuggets, and they've kept this playoff race rather interesting. They can beat the Pelicans if the Pelicans let them. That's the big thing here. The Pelicans need to get back to what they've done that's made them so successful over this second half of the season and their resurgence in this playoff run that they've been making. Early shots in the offense. We talked about it, and I talked about it yesterday on Locked On Pelicans. you got to get into that kind of 18 to 15 or earlier range where this team's been dipping. Less in that, more into average time on the shot clock, settling for half-court offense, which this team doesn't do well because they're not a very good shooting team. You've got to get back to playing fast, playing in transition, and taking the easy shots that come with it because your offense is going to struggle Other than that, you can't turn the ball over. They've been 23rd in that over this four-game losing streak, and that's going to kill you as well. And that's going to let a young team like Memphis stick around. You've just got to play smart, 
basketball. You also need to see Anthony Davis get on track. He's not listed on the injury report, so I, you got to wonder how serious this ankle injury is or if it's just kind of an excuse for him not wanting to take over and fatigue's really starting to take hold. But the Pelicans have had Monday and Tuesday, no games there. You've got some rest in you. You've got a practice in you, at least one to try and get back into this and get your mind right. And that's what they need to do. This one is all about the Pelicans. Do they want it? Do they want to win? You can go and have it, and you can stay in playoff contention and still control your own destiny. It'll be the same thing for the Suns when I preview that one on Friday's podcast. Simple as that. Be who you are. Do what you do. Don't push it. Don't do too much. Just go out and do your thing, and you should win this game. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Follow it on Facebook. Just search Locked On Pelicans and follow it on Twitter. It's at Locked On Pels. That does keep this podcast free and five days a week for you. So do me a favor. Just click those buttons. It takes all of 30 seconds total. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. So I might be jumping the gun a little bit here with the San Antonio Spurs up on the Los Angeles Clippers by seven, sorry, 10 points at the start of the third quarter-ish. But I think that it's safe to say the Clippers are going to lose, and we're not as worried about them because a number of other things happened around the NBA that really do impact the standings. And maybe for things to go the Pelicans' way a little bit, it's not the end of the world, even though we'll start with the game between the Pacers and the Nuggets, a game Denver won by just three points. It got close towards the end, but the Pacers couldn't do the Pelicans a favor uh, for the second time in a row, basically, after they beat the Los Angeles Clippers over on Sunday. This keeps Denver basically right in contention with the Pelicans for that final playoff spot. They're only a half game back going into tonight's game. The Pelicans can make that back up should they beat the Memphis Grizzlies and then maybe start the clock ticking on Denver. Still has a game to go against the Clippers, two games against Minnesota as well. So that's going to be a bit tough for them to end the season, and the Pelicans got to keep the pressure up. But the big thing might be Portland losing to Dallas, and what could be good about this is Portland isn't necessarily assured of the three seed right now, so they still do have a lot to play for. And in their second to last game of the year, they do travel to Denver, a game we would love to see Portland win. So now that things are called into doubt a little bit, particularly if the Spurs do win and they get back to just being, I think it's two games then behind Portland for that second seed, they keep the pressure on Portland and Portland then needs to go out and play and continue to compete, which is good for the Pelicans playoff chances because anything that hurts Denver is great for the Pels at this point. Oklahoma City also lost, meaning Minnesota now has the door open to pop up to that five or six spot. So they want to go out and win and potentially beat Denver, which would be a great thing for the Pelicans as well. So things kind of weirdly broke in the Pels' favor last night, even though they didn't play a game. And even though you saw Denver win, they keep the pressure up, but it puts New Orleans in better position to take care of business. If Minnesota and Denver split those two games, New Orleans then has a chance to maybe get that six seed, catch up to Oklahoma. Oklahoma City, whom they have the tiebreaker over. All of this is good. The Pelicans need to avoid three-way ties, so you really are looking to try and get 46, 47 wins from where they are at currently with 43. That means a 4-1 finish at least. 5-0 is going to be even better, and that almost assuredly is going to put them in the sixth spot, at least with the tiebreaker over Oklahoma City. Utah can then get five. San Antonio can get four. Portland can get three. That would be a great Thing. Put Minnesota down to seven, and then you've got or sorry Oklahoma City down to seven, Minnesota at eight. That's going to be the ideal case for the Pels should things break. But you're looking at four and one 
or 5-0 and to really make that happen, so the Pels need to take care of business. And if they lose tonight, and it looks like the Clippers are still down 10 as I'm recording this, 61-51, you know, that more or less puts the Clippers out. They have a chance to potentially play some spoiler. They do have a game against the Nuggets coming up still, a game against the Jazz, which can impact the standings. And of course, that game in the penultimate one of the season against the New Orleans Pelicans. This is going to be a wild end to the season. This is, you know, I'm not going to go and say it's the Wild West, but this is just going to be bonkers of a last week with standings changing almost daily. But winning you're in, it's as simple as that. Otherwise, we're going to need to hope for a lot of Denver losses or some weird things to happen because tiebreakers do not go the Pelicans way in this scenario. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'll be back to recap it tomorrow for you. And don't forget to listen to Locked on NBA, where we recap all the games going on and preview the rest of the games upcoming tonight, this Wednesday, because there is still a lot at stake for the Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 